happy Monday, Tom. It's the United Pubcast. We're drinking. The beers are flowing because Manchester United have kicked off the week right. An emphatic, emphatic, 1-0 victory away to Wolves. And bloody hell, mate, they made tough work of it. Um, how are you feeling? Yeah, yeah, Mondays obviously do feel a little bit better after three points. But quite frankly, I don't really have an interest in talking about the Wolves match. I couldn't just gladly continue on the Ronaldo discussion because Cristiano Ronaldo plays for Man United. He does play for Man United. I enjoyed the away fan that had the cutout. Uh, seems Ronaldo was in the away end, so that, that was really good to see. And welcome to all, look at all those comments flowing in. Everyone's very happy from that result. And if you are here and you're happy Ronaldo's coming and you're happy we got the three points, like the video. Make sure you say subscribed. Tom, always a pleasure. And let's rip into some of these comments before we review the match. George, good evening, guys. A reality check is easier to handle when we get a scrappy win. Isn't it always, George? Uh, we got Ryan Butler in the comments. Tough old Molyneux slog, but we got there in the end. Indeed, we did. Evening to Josh. As 1am goes, there's been worse. Absolutely. Makes it easy after a win. Uh, we've got George. Least we can say it's probably going to be the worst we play this season. Oh, George. I don't know, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be holding my breath on that one. Uh, Adrian in the comments. Welcome, Adrian. Uh, evening, lads. Still on cloud line from the Ronaldo announcement. Is it just me? Do you guys feel like you were living out your childhoods again? It doesn't feel real, does it? Does it, uh, Tom? It just. It's a, it's a weird one because. you see him in the shirt? Well, it's a weird one because it's the way Man United do these deals and you can understand it in terms of there's an announcement but technically he needs the medical. He need, he's not actually registered as a United player so we're going to have this second announcement then we're going to have to wait for the international break and then hopefully he doesn't get injured then they wait for the Newcastle match then who knows maybe the inevitability of Solskjaer maybe putting him on the bench against Newcastle. So yeah, it might um, be a little bit more excitement and a little bit more sort of waiting I think. Absolutely. The football tragics. I think Larry should shave his head anyway. I think you should get out of the comments. Uh, we've got Andy Palmer boiling piss again. That's how you know Manchester United's doing well. When people are angry, you, you know the club is doing well. And we've got Mike finally. Evening, fellas. Our midfield is still a problem. Mike, I don't disagree with you, but we will review it all. Tom, let me start with you. And I want to start with reviewing the game. Obviously, United do win 1-0. Can we just talk about the opening exchanges? We have a set piece. It's a counter-attack. You're shitting it. Fred gets there. Reliable old Fred, he gets there. He makes a touch that exceeds the five-kilometer radius that New South Wales LGAs of concerns are currently under. And Aaron Wan-Bissaka saves Fred's bacon because, let me tell you, I was ready to kill Fred after that. Take me through it. What the hell happened there? Look, I'm in agreement with everyone in regarding Fred's touch, and I'll join in the band to, because it was an unbelievable touch. It, it wasn't just a bad one. It came off, yeah, as you say, the five-kilometre radius sort of thing. It actually literally bounced off him three or four metres into the path of the Wolves player. My one defensive Fred, I, I wouldn't say praising that he was in the right position to intercept the pass. However, he was off balance uh, when he's trying to make the touch. Now that doesn't excuse it. It was still horrible. And it sort of set the tone for his performance because then he was trying to sort of chase back, but he was off balance, so he was overstriding and he was slow and they will breeze him past him. And look, Adama Traore goes past a lot of players. But after that touch, it just set the tone for Fred and he couldn't just could not get into the game. And again, we'll get into sort of team selection and Solskjaer's sort of tactics and everything. I think, look, how long to the transfer window closes? I think there's hours sort of now, a day or something. You wouldn't be shocked if Donny van der Beek has just seen that performance from Fred and he knocks on the door at Carrington tomorrow morning 
or the morning now in England saying, look, I, I, like, I like Man United, I want to be here, but Oli, just sell me. I'm not going to play here. Fred's going to keep playing after that. There's no future for me at United. I'd normally agree with you, but given what Fred did in that game in terms of his work rate, I don't think Donny could have offered that. And, and given that he had Paul Pogba next to him, I think you needed a work uh, you needed a, a workhorse in there. I think look if McTominay was fit, I think it would have been McTominay Pogba. But Donny, for all his qualities, he wasn't going to give you the work rate defensively that Fred offers you. So I think all in all, it's probably the right call to be honest. Well, Solskjaer, Solskjaer will look at the scoreline and show the three points in the bag and say it was the right decision. I don't think it was so much a personnel thing. Yes, I'd prefer to see different footballers than Fred in that position. But what I found with Fred and Pogba. A lot of people have that as maybe their preferred combination midfield. I obviously don't. However, they're both not sort of free spirits. Obviously, Pogba goes roaming a little bit, but Fred does as well. And there's times where both got drawn out to the sideline. Pogba, how he naturally goes out to sort of play football, but Fred was getting drawn over. And Wolves would just play not even a switch, just a 20-metre pass inside into the midfield. And suddenly, we had no one in the midfield. So it was nothing to do with Pogba's work rate or Fred's work rate. It was just their style of player being attracted to the ball and sort of lacking that sort of defensive instinct, I thought really hurt us in the middle. Yeah, absolutely. Tom, I'm going to bring you to the cold one. We know there's nothing better than a cold beer in the middle of summer, a Sydney summer, when we're hopefully allowed by the beach. Tell me, what was your cold one of this game? What did United do well? My, I was almost pleased. It was like the preseason game against, um, I think, it was against QPR. Um, was sort of under the under the pump, and I was sort of happy that you, they were dominating and United sort of played sort of poorly. I, I was the one person in the fan base who was happy with that because United had to deal with sort of overcoming that sort of storm. And the way Wolves started the game, Wolves played well, and there was so much outrage at the halftime saying, "Oh, this is shocking. The players are shocking. We're going to lose. Sack Solskjaer. We need new players. Sell everyone." I was thinking, hang on, Wolves just played really well. We want to buy half their team for £50 million. Adama Traore, a lot of people would have him in our team. Ruben Neves, every player wants, every fan wants a £50 million. Jimenez is a player, very good. Joe Martino is a very good player. They're a good team. Wolves played well. It's like that discussion we always have saying, we always look at Man United, we forget there's an opposition. And I thought Wolves were brilliant in the first half. Okay, they did lack a little bit of a cutting edge. But United did well to sort of weather that storm. And you just have to look at which we'll get into Rafael Varane in a little bit, but the way he dealt with sort of the intensity of Wolves' attack, especially that first one where Adama Traore is sprinting at him in the first two seconds, you think, geez, welcome to English football, Varane. And the way we dealt with, okay, not playing well, because you're not going to play well throughout a season, um, especially even in periods in a game, okay, and today was a large period. But Wolves played well, and United to deal with that. On another day, we could have been 5 or 6 nil down. Wolves, arguably, they've lost all three games 1-0. They should have won all games. So they should, be top of the, they should be top of the table. So in a ground we usually struggle at and a team we sort of struggle against, to come away with the win when Wolves have played well and we didn't play so well, I think is a positive. It's one of those ones if we're talking, look, let's not be talking title 21, but in March or April if that happens, we're talking that's a title winning performance. And Three points now in August is just as important as three points in April. 100% agree. And that's the thing. There are two sides in a game of football and that's what we always need to remember. Wolves played well. Wolves played well. And uh, I've got to say, Josh has put a comment in here, which I 100% agree with. I think Neves hates Man United after yesterday. I can't disagree with you. Imagine after a game to have the effort to go on an Instagram and post the tackle. To be honest, I don't want Neves after that. Wanker. Seriously. Leave Did it on, post on Instagram. Oh, sorry. 
Well, we'll get. I'm sure you'll get into the goal, but on the foul, I talked about Fred's bad touch in the first half. The only reason we win that game is because Paul Pogba's horrible first touch. If Paul Pogba takes a good touch, that 50-50 doesn't eventuate. The ball doesn't break to Varane. We don't <laughs> score. So that is why that's why football is so it's unpredictable because we ask for quality, we ask for ability. The only reason we won is because Paul Pogba had a horrible first touch. And on that foul. I'll put it in the Xhaka category, that the red card against Man City on, on Saturday night. I think there's there's a very good situation. Pogba could have been sent off for that if it's an inch to the right-hand side. But it's one of those ones, it's a foul, but it's not a foul. It's just, look, if that was against United, I'd be screaming it should have gone to VAR and sort of overturned. But um, thankfully, look, I think what, what gave it away, Ruben Neves didn't have to go down. It didn't actually connect with him. It connected with the shin pad and he would have felt absolutely no pain at all. Um, it didn't hit him square on the shin. Um, he was very lucky in that. Regards. So because he took that extra step or two, then looked at the referee, um, I think that did leave us off. But Pogba was a little bit lucky with that tackle, I thought. Uh, look, we'll agree to disagree there. I'm happy with it. And you know what? Given the way Neves carried on afterwards, I'm kind of happy he nipped him on the ankle. Hopefully he's a little bit sore today. Tom, what was the what was the warm, frosty? What didn't you like about this game? Fred? Um, didn't like Fred. I think everyone in the comments will agree with that. Other than that, there wasn't too much. Look, the performance wasn't great. The, the football wasn't great at times. But again, um, I really don't think there was too many negatives. I, I thought I was really pleased with the way we defended because Wolves, as, as I said, attacked really well. Um, another negative, and again, definitely not up for criticism, but Jaden Sancho I thought was a little bit off the pace. And it was sort of a stark difference where you saw Jaden Sancho, his introduction to English football, and Rafael Varane's introduction to, um, to English football. Varane looked like an experienced pro, which obviously is. But in regards to English football, Jaden Sancho looked like it was his first game in English football or his first start. And probably the positive is that it wasn't Anthony Martial out on the left instead of Jaden Sancho because if Martial put in that performance that Sancho did, and that's not a criticism of Sancho, it was just it was one of those games, he'll take his time to adapt. Uh, Martial would have been hung out to drive it. Sancho will be better for it. As I said, it's sometimes a good thing to be under the pump and have a bad game and have to deal with sort of pressure situations. So Jaden Sancho will be better for it, and that's a good thing. Dan James, look, yeah, he obviously always stems a little bit of frustration, but I thought defensively in terms of the shape um, and sort of the work rate he offered, I thought he actually wasn't too bad. Um, it's still probably the right substitution at the time to take him off early, which was a good thing by Solskjaer. But yeah, probably the two wingers would probably maybe the, the, the negative if I had to pick one. Yeah, I think that's a fair one. Um, and you know what? Credit to Fred in terms of his work rate. I'll never fault his heart, but... Yeah, not not too good of a footballer. We need to upgrade there for sure. Going to bring it back to some of the comments before we go to 3 2 1. So, we've got Ryan. Can we just go and buy Neves to tell him that Pogba's challenge was a proper 50 50 and he wasn't going to go down until he saw the ref wasn't going to give it because his miles better than Fred? Look, no disagreement. I think Ruben Neves would really complement the way United play. 100% agree there. Uh, we've got George. Fred is the most negative personification of the phrase for Miss Temporary Class is Permanent. Has to be in our top three worst signings of the post Fergie era. Ooh, George has gone on a two-footed lunge on Fred there. Is he in the top three worst signings post Fergie? I'm trying to think. We had... Oh, oh no, you got Di Maria, Falcao, players like that. There's, there's a lot, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure there's a lot more. Um, Marcus well, Rappo. As yeah. bad as Fred is, um, he's contributing. The others haven't contributed. Absolutely. Yeah, we got that from Josh. Uh, we've got Mike, the cold one was... The lucky to have was that we were lucky to have Mason save us on the pitch. 
you know what? I've got an opinion on this, but we'll come. We'll bring it in the three, two, ones. Uh, evening, lads. Evening to Robert. Uh, Rob as well says Mason has been clutching all three. Absolutely, he has. He's if he's nothing but a finisher, that's all he needs to be. Is he the top Bloody scorer? Is he the top scorer in the league now? Oh no, probably Mason. Antonio from West Ham. Yeah, I'd say it's Antonio. But three goals in three games, not bad. Equal with Bruno after the first game. Uh, as Oli said, it's 50-50 ball. It definitely was. Didn't like the bombing up the field by the left and right backs like we didn't concede. You know what? I think credit to Wolves. I think they just really threw United off, to be honest. Um, but, Tom, it is that favourite time of the episode. It's 3 2 ones. Now, before I bring it to you, I want to go through what some of our listeners have to say. And I've got to say it was one where I think the three will will be consistent. Uh, but it's just one of those where in which order. Um, but I think it, it will be a fairly straightforward one. Uh, we've got Emma. So I'm going to go through Facebook here. Uh, Emma giving De Gea the three points. Without him, we let in several and we don't win. Two points for Pogba. Uh, without him covering Fred's ass, we don't win. Valid argument there. And one for Greenwood. Without his goals, we don't win. Uh, a notable mention to Varane, who did get us out of the shit a few times. Solid argument. Uh, we've got Robert, very hard this week. Three to De Gea, two to Varane, one to Mason. Shout out to Wambasaka on the clutch save as well. Valid, valid. Uh, we've got uh, Adam, three to De Gea, two to Greenwood, one to Pogba. Seeing a reoccurring theme here, Pog, uh, Tom. Uh, nearly called you Pog Tom. Uh, agree with Emma. Varane didn't make, uh, did make some good blocks, but if David De Gea did a double save, Varane was the one that got beat on the head off. It's a valid point. I think that was the only... Only dimming on uh, Varane's performance, though. I thought he was immense. Mm -hmm. uh, then we've got Antonio, three to De Gea, two to Greenwood, one to Varane. Jamie on Twitter, uh, three to Varane, two to Greenwood, one to De Gea. And we've got Mad Journeyman, three to De Gea, and two and one between Greenwood and Varane. Look, Tom, it's an interesting one. Uh, who gets the who gets the three points for you? Look, Please, you just said it's, look, I think the three... The three players, I don't think, won't be in question. I thought a few people have mentioned Paul Pogba. And in terms of the football, I thought Paul Pogba was sort of our best player in terms of playing football, especially in the second half, and sort of enabled the team to get – he got on the ball and sort of United played it was sort of 10, 20 metres higher. But I think Pogba would do well to get in here just for the other other names we're going to mention. But I couldn't put them in any order. I could make a case for all of them, except Varane maybe not for three points. I think Varane might get my one point. And again, a lot of that is down to context in terms of his debut. But I thought the way he did deal with sort of the intensity, it was, it was a bit of a shock. You saw Jaden Sancho not able to deal with it. Varane really led at the back and made sort of countless sort of last-ditch interceptions. A few, he was dominant in the air. Um, set pieces, we looked quite strong um, with Harry Maguire and Rafael Varane because I think Wolves had a few corners and a few free kicks in dangerous areas. So Rafael Varane did quite well there. I'll, I'll be giving Varane one point. And then the the three points and the two points come down to how you value it in terms of Greenwood with the match winner. In terms of his performance, he was good. It was a Mason Greenwood performance, but then ultimately um, he did prove the difference. But then you do look at De Gea, match winning. Uh, like the match winning saves. A, a bit of a mention, which we has mentioned before, in terms of the one Bissaka, the save. Um, that's, again, his match winning. If that goes in 1-0, it's a different game. Absolutely. Um, but the saves from De Gea... Um, look, I know you apologised last year for saying Dean Henderson should be the number one. You've come around. I think a lot of people are coming around to my line of thinking that De Gea is still our best goalkeeper. Um, who knows what? It's, it's not a question for me now. 
I want to ask, I want to highlight a key point in that game as well, Tom. There, there was a, a ball that got put through, and De Gea actually left his box to collect it. David De Gea does not do that traditionally. It, that, it, it that happened ball, twice. The, the yeah. one we actually came out and got the ball out of the box, actually a real bit of sweeping. There was another one as well, which he, sometimes when it comes into the box, he still doesn't come out, but he came out to the edge of the box and just mm. sort of, I think it was on Varane's side and made Varane's job a little bit easier. He didn't have to sort of shadow it into the box. That one wasn't so much noticeable, but that one where I think it was Freddie came and did sort of some sweeping. Um, yeah, I, I messaged Adam straight after. Adam from the supporters club, he might be in the chat. That's our main criticism of De Gea over the last 10 years, and so it's a real... It really bugs us both. So when he both when he came and flying out of the box, it was Jesus, where's this come from? So that was great to see. So in terms of the three points, look as good as uh, Mason Greenwood's goal is. I thought his performance is a little bit quiet. So if those saves don't happen, it doesn't give the platform for Greenwood to score the winner. So it would be three points for me for De Gea, two for Greenwood, and I thought Varane on debut um, worthy of the one point. You're absolutely deluded. What's wrong? I agree one hundred percent, mate. David De Gea, that double save particularly, phenomenal. Like, he had no right, no right to have reflexes like that. Well, on that as well, in terms of Verano, obviously gets the one time he gets beaten in the air before that. But when the save drops from the second save from De Gea, Verano gets a good foot in there as well. Wolves are about to tap home as well. Verano's on the ground, does almost a slide tackle to knock the ball away. So there's a good bit of defending there by Verano as well. But De Gea as well, look, we're going to have this debate in future weeks as well, but we've had it in the past. And for me, it's not a question anymore. Um whether that means Dean Henderson has a future at United or away from United, who knows? But um, it's a David way. He's our number one. De Gea, if he performs like that, Tom, consistently to the end of the season, he's back in the debate for me for the best goalkeeper in the world. Because the criticism of David De Gea hasn't been his shot stopping. He's always been a lead at that. It's playing out from the back. It's being able to command your get off your line and command your area. What he did today was. Not Peter Schmeichel-like, but he was more dominant in his area. He was more assured of himself, knew where to come out, excuse me. And that's the David De Gea you want to see. Really good to see the Spaniard back to his best. Uh, George, spot on, mate. You got the prize. You you got you guessed the three, two, ones, right? Um, Tom, can we actually discuss this a little bit? I want to talk about the concerns of a few players across the pitch, and I think it's a good opportunity to do that before we do wrap up. Um, I want to bring it to Jaden Sancho. Ryan's touching it here. Sancho was wrongly quiet. I hope he's just settling into things. I uh, just want to bring Mike's comment as well. As excited as I am to have Ronaldo back to play devil's advocate, haven't we already got an aging, uh, a world-class striker with an exciting young super, a superstar striker in Greenwood? I will bring the conversation back to Greenwood in a moment. But Jaden Sancho, I think for the amount of flack that people gave Martial last week, I think Sancho's hardly pulling up any trees stronger than Martial is at the moment. Oh, yeah, no, that's not up for debate. Um, it is a clear difference in how we treat players. Now, obviously, there's context in regards to Jaden Sancho. It's his first couple of games. He's just back in training. But we can make that case for um, Martial, who's been out for the best part of six months sort of thing. So it is how – look, we, we, I'm a hypocrite as well, the way I treat different players in terms of if – Jesse Lingard put in the same performance as one matter. I would say one matter did the better performance. So it makes hypocrites of us all. But yeah, Jaden Sancho hasn't been great so far. But again, I know you're not criticising him for that. But um, he's something that now you do look at it and think, well, what does Dan James offer in terms of a major? Okay, we want to see Jaden Sancho play. But you could see a situation now where Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is sitting there saying, well, okay, well, Dan James is going to give me this. Sancho might not give me that. So Dan James is going to be starting more games. 
Um, that the con the that front three will obviously change when Ronaldo sort of gets fully fit and he arrives. That'll change the dynamic of the front three. Marcus Rashford will obviously come back into the fold. Is Paul Pogba a left winger or is he a centre midfielder? Time will tell. But um, yeah, look, frustrating with Sancho, but nothing to sort of be concerned about. Yeah, I'd agree there. Uh, we've got Andy body language plays against Martial, but Berbatov had shit body language. But Berbatov was a freaking baller. Like, what is it with you know? Is it just an an eye test? Is it just one of those things where Martial's just you know he's got the relaxed shoulders, slouched figure where he just comes across like he doesn't care, and maybe that's why he's not. Fan- I actually thought, can I get your opinion on Martial? Actually, while he didn't do anything brilliant, I thought when he came on on the left with a bit more space to move in. I actually thought he looked a little bit more dangerous. Well, Marshall, when he came on, was good. Uh, six, seven out of ten. Like He did his job. And, and look, Marshall, a lot of people don't like this. And obviously the dynamic has changed now when you've got Ronaldo in the team. But in terms of our attackers, okay, Cavani's a striker. He's a better striker. But in terms of our attackers, that front three, Marshall's the best footballer in that front three. Like He's the best footballer. Now he doesn't contribute or he doesn't produce as much as he should and as much as others. So the others sort of go a little bit ahead of him. But in terms of the way he plays and his ability, he's the best in that front three. So when he does come on and do a job against Wolves, yeah, he did look good. Um, again, it's not a criticism of Jadon Sancho. Jadon Sancho should be brilliant for Man United. Um, and Martial, as good as we're praising, not praising him for this performance, he is still, with the introduction of Ronaldo, maybe the one most likely, and rightly so, to be looking at the exit door. I think if United can get a deal out the door in the next day or two, in, the, in terms of that front three, it is Martial. I was actually going to ask you that. Do you think so? Because from all the reports and the rumours going around, it actually looks like Dan James is the one. Oh, yeah. Did you put Dan James in? I completely agree, but is he in that discussion? When we're talking about sort of front three, as much as Dan James plays, no one really puts him in that category. We almost kind of forget about him, which we shouldn't because he does play quite often. But, um, yeah, Dan James, I'm sure, is an option to go out the door. But in terms of that big investment, okay, if we, who can we get 30, 40 million for? Um Marshall's in that bracket for me. Do you think he stays this season, though? I, what I could see happening, and keen to see what your opinion and Please do get your comments in, like the video, get involved with us because we're happy to throw your comments up there as well. I could see uh, I could see what would play out is you'll see Dan James go on loan, Martial plays out the season, and then I could see someone like Anthony Olenga getting some opportunities dripped in here and there. And then he likely replaces Martial next season. Martial gets sold next summer. But I think for this season, it'll you'll have Martial in and around the squad. Well, the interesting dynamic now is Ahmad's obviously injured and was going to go on loan to Feyenoord. So that yeah. Feyenoord loan has gone through. So maybe does look. Well, let's not forget Ahmad's a forty million pound player. He's a forty million pound signing sort of thing. Like he's not a youth player. He's not a youth product coming through the ranks. He might get an opportunity here or there. If he's fit, the, the club has invested money in him. He has to play. So, look, Ahmad's an interesting one, If how he fits in. So, Dan James, if one is to likely go out the door, you'd think it would be him in terms of numbers, in terms of a financial thing, if the club is trying to sort of recoup some funds. Because, look, Cristiano Ronaldo, it's going to be quite an expensive wage. United do need to bring some money into the club. Uh, Martial will be the most likely. However, just no rumours. Who's he linked with? No one. So, at the moment, it does look like he's going to stay. Yeah. I've got a theory with Martial. I had a feeling the shaved head might bring a Ballon d'Or as a joke, naturally, but it seems to be a stick for people to beat me with. I think as his hair grows back, he'll get his groove back. Martial's a cool cat. He'll be back. I've got Mike in the comments. To be fair, Sancho's first game, 
Uh, Martial has been treading water for a long time now in the Premier League. But other than last season, I thought he's been all right. And the thing is, in the context of Martial's career at Manchester United, I think we do need to say that, you know what? He has been treated poorly by previous management. Like Mourinho, Mourinho treated Martial the way, same way he treated Shaw. So, you know, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt there. Granted, I'm a bit more patient because I think he's a hell of a footballer. All right, Tom, this is the one that we do want to talk about. Greenwood must start. I know we've just signed Jaden. Uh, sorry, we, we have tried and signed Jaden Sancho. But we, even with Ronaldo coming in, all eyes turn to the 12th of September, the game against Newcastle. We expect Ronaldo to play in that one. I don't care what – you can put a heap of options up for all the attacking options we do have. For me, Mason's in that starting side. There's no argument now for what he's put up. Please agree with me or disagree with me and put up your arguments, but he's a he's a must start in this eleven. Yeah, no, the, on performance, but also in numbers. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how you perform. If you're in that front three, it will come down to numbers. Just look at Martial. He didn't score the goals last year, so he's been rightfully sort of criticised. But Mason Greenwood in front of goal. Um, look. Look at look at the table at the moment. We're not in the situation in the table. What are we second or third? I, I know it's early in the season, but we we don't win that game without his goal against Leeds. Or you don't know how that game pans out. Such an important goal against Leeds, the equaliser against Southampton, and the winner against Wolves. We're down in Arsenal territory without Mason Greenwood this season. Again, it's early on. You can't really look at the table, but that's that's the fact. So he deserves to be in the team. And in terms of look, we're not getting ahead of ourselves, but you do look at these sort of generational talents in Haaland and Mbappe. I'm telling you, with Cavani and especially now with Cristiano Ronaldo now in and around the training ground, that is why I was not hesitant with the signing of Jaden Sancho, but I was thinking Greenwood could be our Sancho. Greenwood's that hundred million pound player in a year's time. So Mason Greenwood, I think, yeah, not first name on the team sheet. There are, I think, probably more important players. But yeah, I'd love to see. I'd, it'll be interesting how they line up Cavani and Ronaldo. Do we find a two-striker system or are they just going to share the role? Ronaldo plays one week, Cavani's off the bench, Cavani starts, Ronaldo's off the bench. But I think whatever the combination, it has to involve Mason Greenwood at the moment because he, he wins games for us. And this someone who win, wins games has to be in the team. It's like the case with Bruno Fernandes. Yesterday, did Bruno even play? That's not a criticism of him. He just went unnoticed, but he's in the team because he yeah. will win you the game. Absolutely. Football's about moments and Mason is full of them at the moment. Uh, we've got a few comments here. Uh, we've got Mike um, agreed, Mason Master, Rob, Mason off the right, uh, Ryan, Sancho, Ronaldo, Greenwood up top. I agree with Ronaldo and Greenwood. I think they walk into the side, the left-hand side. That's the one where I'm a little bit unsure, but we will see. Uh, and then, George, if Greenwood starts without a DM, Pogba can't play in the middle. He's better on the left. I agree re regarding Pogba, but... I think for United to really achieve their potential, I, I look, the Pogba on the wing thing, I'm not a fan. Like, you get the best out of Pogba that way, but I think you need the need to find – you get a defensive midfielder and allow Pogba to play that further forward role. Or, I, I don't know, he just might have to rotate in and out. With, with Sancho on the left, what I – in terms of – and, again, the name similarity maybe finds – maybe it's tricking my head a little bit and it's a little bit lazy, but I very much sort of put – on the left-hand side, Sancho in the same category as Alexis Sanchez in regards to the way they're going to play with the Ronaldo in the box, that they, that player with the right foot on the left who sort of drift into the box and they just sort of naturally their body shape looks to clip that ball into the box. So Sancho so many times yesterday against Wolves 
was getting the ball into that area and, okay, not quite fine. It was Mason Greenwood in the middle in the first half. Thing. Well, they've got three central defenders. They're not going to be crossing the ball into there. I'll look to play somewhere else. Now, if Sancho gets into that position and Cristiano Ronaldo is in the box, Sancho's going to cross the ball. Um, even if he doesn't want to, Ronaldo's going to demand that ball comes into the box. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing... And, of course, he's a £70 million player. I want to see Jane Sancho play. But I think... It, and he has to play to get himself in a bit of form, so he definitely will. But I, I don't mind seeing Sancho on the left, especially with Ronaldo in, in the box, because it's going to change the way we play, whether it's a positive or a negative. When we get that ball in that wide area, it's going to have to be delivered because Ronaldo won't be happy if the ball doesn't get crossed. How quick is Greenwood, by the way? Like, before this season, maybe just he didn't get the opportunity to get going, but he's quick. He is very fast. I don't think it's a spit. Well, yes, he's quick. I don't think it's so much. I think it's the size. I think it's the physicality. He's um, just able to get going a little bit more. I think he's always been quick, but he's able to use his body to get in front of defenders now. Yeah, you could be right. And I think that might be a good place to leave the podcast. Look, the Newcastle game, obviously, we're going to international break. Tom, international breaks here. What are we going to do for the next week? Well, I'll be watching Portugal with the fingers crossed, hoping Ronaldo doesn't get injured. That's what I'll be doing. I should be watching a game this time. When is that game? Yeah, you'd assume it's the weekend. Rob's our international guru. Um, he'll be able to let us know. I know they're playing Ireland, so um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see with Ronaldo's situation how the announcement goes. Are they going to officially announce it before the um, transfer window deadline? Are they able to do it after? There was a rumour that people shopping in the mega store were saying that um, they're not going to print Ronaldo's shirts until Tuesday, so will there be an announcement in regards to his number? Um, as I said, as, as exciting as this Monday has been with three points, I almost put that to the side again. I just can't believe Ronaldo plays for United or will play for United. Yeah, viva Ronaldo indeed. By the way, I went back and watched, watched uh, my drunken appearance on Saturday. You were right. I did get one of the words wrong in, in the Ronaldo song, didn't I? So that's what happens. That's what happens when you drink alcohol. Don't pay attention. Did you doubt that I was wrong? Well, look, Tom... The best, it's best I just don't speak. Uh, we've got George. Surely you can't leave the podcast without discussing who's bottom of the table. George, ye of little faith. We'll have a whole episode for that. You can't, so you can't it's, disrespect us. It's not only that. They're three from three at the bottom, but it's Ars- it's Tottenham at the top of the table, three one nil wins. So could you imagine That's being an Arsenal fan now? Yeah. And Arsenal, so Arsenal play Norwich next, the bottom of the table clash. And look, it's Arsenal at home to Norwich. Surely, surely Arsenal win that. But my God, I'll be tuned in if Norwich gets something out of that game. He's gone because if Arteta's not sacked today, he, he won't be sacked. Um, they'll, they'll give him the international break. Um, it should have been done by now, if so. So um, it will be fascinating to see over the, um, that Norwich game because if they lose that, look, can, can, are you, can we actually put Arsenal in a relegation battle or is that just stupid banter? No, you can. If Arteta stays as manager, mate, anything's possible. He has not got a clue. And you know what? He could be tactically astute. I have no doubt he knows his football, undoubtedly. But man management is the key. Like, it's always been a stick to beat Solskjaer with. And even if you think back to Sir Alex Ferguson, the critics would always say he's no tactician. You don't need to be. The best managers in modern football are the ones who can get something, a a tune out of a player. You know what I mean? Like, you can surround yourself with tacticians. That's fine. But for allowing a player who plays 15 games to feel valued so that when he does play, he, you can get the maximum tune out of that player, that for me is the mark of a good manager. There are lots of Pep Guardiola's out there. Trust me on that. Uh, a few comments here. Uh, we've got Mike. Thanks for your podcast, fellas. You're my number one go-to YouTube channel for intelligent, entertaining United discussion. 
Thanks, Mike. Really appreciate that, mate. That's that's awesome. Really appreciate that. I've got George. Brendan Williams scores the winner in that game. Oh, imagine the scenes. Whew. Imagine the scenes. Just keep Arteta where he is. It's brilliant. You know what? I actually don't enjoy watching Arsenal go this badly. It's like I, I almost like I don't enjoy bantering them anymore. Do, well, no, do you know enjoy, what I Well, we had the discussion the other day after the 5-0 defeat at City. And look, I enjoy it. It's why I get up in the morning to watch Arsenal fan TV and the meltdown. However, it has become a little bit numb at the moment. You think, yeah, you want you want to see Chelsea and City lose. It'll give you something new. With Arsenal, we're sort of a little bit desensitised to it. Like their last, like it's it's just sad. It's like that. It's like that kid, you know, the the, the kid who you know he, he thinks he's great, but he, he doesn't have a clue, and you just you don't pick on him because you're just like, it's all right, he's deluded. We'll just live it, let him live in misery. Tom Cleverly would approve of this, like, what, what's Tom Cleverly approving? Not not across that. And finally, couldn't agree more. He's the Gladys Berejiklian of the EPL. What? <laughs> what's going on here? Politics. Outrageous. All right, Tom, it's been a pleasure. Anything left to say before we wrap up? No, just another sort of your five-minute reminder that Ronaldo plays for United. Viva Ronaldo. Viva Ronaldo. Thanks for tuning in. Like and subscribe. We'll see you next time.